0: Imagine a therapy that had no known negative side effects, was readily available, was suitable for any level of fitness, and could boost your immune system, improve memory, reduce stress, lower your blood pressure, decrease anxiety and depression, all at zero cost. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's a therapy that's been well known to philosophers, to writers, and to lay people alike for millennia. It's a therapy that's founded on connecting with nature. Of course, today we have a formal name for it. It's called forest therapy. It's a type of therapy backed by lots of research. It's focused on supporting healing and wellness through immersion in forests and other natural environments. Forest therapy is actually inspired by the Japanese practice of shinrin-yoku, which translates to forest bathing. Maybe you've heard of it because there's a lot of press about forest bathing these days. Well, in this episode, I want to take you through how you can do forest therapy or forest paving, if you will. A lot of the therapy focuses on smelling, harnessing your sense of smell, and taking in all of those natural aromatic compounds that we find in nature. But even if you're listening and you can't smell, you can still benefit from forest therapy using your other senses. That's what's great about forest therapy. It involves all of your senses. It's for everyone. I'm going to share with you how you can use each of your five senses to connect more deeply with nature. And I'll share how nature gives us so much when we do. To be clear, yes, this is a practice that's focused on bathing in a forest environment. But honestly, you can apply many of the concepts in other places of nature, whether in a park or a garden, even in your backyard. I want you to know that I've created a separate forest therapy guide episode, a bonus episode, which is focused on strictly getting you set up for a session. But once you're set up and you understand what to do, I want you to put that phone away. Please do me that favor. No electronics. It's just you and nature. That's one of several rules that I'll share in this episode. So if you've always wanted to learn how to harness nature for healing and well-being, then this is the episode for you. Enjoy. This is An Aromatic Life, the podcast that aims to shed light on our beautiful sense of smell and increase its profile in a culture dominated by sight and sound. My name is Frau Gallia. I'm a certified aromatherapist and smell coach who spent over 20 years in and around the fragrance industry. What I know for sure after all these years is that our sense of smell is powerful, yet is so underappreciated. There's so much we can do to harness our sense of smell to be well. So join me as I explore this mesmerizing sense from all different angles and learn what it can do for you. Enjoy the show. So I'm going to start by sharing some statistics. According to the United Nations, in 1950, the number of people living in an urban environment was 751 million. By 2018, just 60, almost 70 years later, that number has reached 4.2 billion people. So in 2018, that's about 55% of the world's population living in urban areas. But get this, the UN projects that by 2050, that number is going to increase to 68%. And combined with the overall growth of the world's population, that means we could add another 2.5 billion people to urban areas by 2050. That's a lot of people living in cities. Couple that with the fact that health systems around the world are unprepared to care for the rapidly growing number of aging, the chronically ill and mentally ill patients, that leaves us to figure it out on our own. And let's not forget the enormous technological advances that shape our everyday living. From electronic devices, you know, our phones, from food delivery services, there's no need to go to a restaurant anymore to online shopping like Amazon, on-demand streaming services like Netflix, and even virtual reality that's starting to creep in more and more. All of it encourages us to stay seated in our homes, glued to screens, minimally interacting with the outside world, the real world. What's my point with all of this? I bring all of this up not to depress you, but rather to simply paint a realistic picture of the world that we live in today and to say that there are actually some simple steps that we can take, each of us personally, to offset these challenges based on looking at the past for guidance. So let me put it into perspective for you. We humans have been around for more or less 300,000 years, right? So for most of our ancestors, walking barefoot was embedded in their daily routine. They used to live in natural places, not urban cities. And for them, it was common to just walk barefoot outside all the time. They didn't have shoes. Living barefoot in nature was just a part of their way of living. Which means if we really think about it, the most abrupt changes and shifting from living mainly in natural places to mostly living in cities have happened in only the last 180 years. In other words, that's less than 0.09% of our time living on Earth as human beings. And these crazy technological advances have only been taking shape, really, in the last 15 years. So honestly, we humans have spent more time living in nature without technology than not. A lot more time. That's the good news. We inherently know how to do it. We're just not doing it, unfortunately. All this modern living has actually separated us from nature and has conditioned us to move away from the way our species has always lived. And that's connected to the land and to nature. The truth is we're quickly moving further and further away from the present, the real, the physical, and more into the virtual, the simulated, the indirect, the abstract. I'm not sure that's helping our well-being. We're actually genetically determined to love the natural world. There's a concept that was made popular by the American biologist E.O. Wilson in 1984. It's a concept called biophilia hypothesis. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's this idea that humans have a biological need to connect with nature. Wilson believed that because we evolved in nature, we have a biological need to connect with it. We love nature because we learn to love the things that helped us to survive. And we feel comfortable in nature Because that's where we've lived for most of our life on Earth. We're genetically determined to love the natural world. It's in our DNA. And this love of nature is fundamental to our health. Contact with nature is critical to our well-being, just as much as exercising and eating well. We're hardwired to connect with the natural world. Our health improves when we're in nature. And it suffers when we're separated from it. You know, we can learn a lot from Indigenous people. They've always looked to nature, lived in harmony with nature, observed and interpreted nature's signs, and then have taken that wisdom to help themselves. I guess what I'm trying to say is that as a species, we have the knowledge and really the need to be with nature. And we shouldn't lose that. We should harness it. Okay, so let's talk about how nature can benefit you. How it can help you during these crazy times that we're living in. What can nature do for your well-being? Well, for one, it can bring you into the present moment, which helps you to de-stress and relax. And it improves your concentration by helping you focus. It gives you energy, which revitalizes you and gives you new life. And it lifts your mood, which reduces feelings of sadness and overwhelm. This might all sound really intuitive, but in fact, there's actually a lot of scientific evidence available now to back this up. Take, for example, a 2008 study by the University of Michigan, which looked at the effects on our memory and attention when people connected with nature. They found that people could remember 20% more after they had been for a walk where there were trees than when they had walked through busy city streets. The researchers hypothesize that because nature is filled with interesting stimuli that only moderately grab our attention, we have time to restore our mind. Whereas if you're in an urban environment, the stimuli dramatically captures our attention. In fact, it requires us to be more focused because, for example, we might be trying to avoid getting hit by a car or bumping into a person on a crowded street. This increased need to pay attention is much less restorative for our mind. Then there was a 2015 study by researchers at Stanford University that found nature can have a positive impact on our mood and help us with a more positive outlook. In this study, they had students at the university go for a walk. Half of the students walked among the leafy green parts of the campus, and the other half walked along a busy road with heavy traffic. The results showed that those who walked in nature had reduced feelings of anxiety and other negative emotions. They also found that those walking in nature had increased positive thoughts. The results show that walking in nature can help us to change the way we think about things and see them more positively. Honestly, there are so many studies available now. It's nice to see the science supporting what our ancestors and the indigenous people have known for a long time. There are even studies that support the idea that nature gives us gratitude, Several studies have shown that when we connect with nature, we're reminded that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We can feel flooded with gratitude. And that we become less selfish and start to think about others. That's such a wonderful and important feeling, don't you think? The clearest example of getting a lot of these benefits at once is through the power of forest therapy, or as the Japanese like to call it, shinrin-yoku, meaning bathing in the forest atmosphere. I love that word bathing, because that's exactly what it is. It means not hiking, not jogging, not even walking, but bathing, really soaking in nature. And the beauty is that it involves taking in nature through all of our five senses. When we open up our senses, we begin to connect with the natural world. Listen, I just want to mention, I don't want you to get too hung up on the word forest, throughout this episode. Because this therapy, this practice, it can be done outside of a forest environment as well. I'll talk about that more later. But the idea is rooted in being in a forest atmosphere. That's where the riches are. That's where the true benefits lie. Forest therapy has been scientifically proven to physically boost the immune system, to increase energy, reduce stress, put you in a state of relaxation lower blood pressure, increase your heart rate variability, and improve sleep. And psychologically, it's shown to decrease anxiety, depression, anger, to clear your mind, to help you think, as well as to improve memory and attention. There's so much goodness in forest therapy that I really want you to try it if you haven't already. What I love about it is that it's so open-ended. There's no prescription for what a person should experience or what benefits they should receive. What it is, in fact, is a practice of developing a deepening relationship of reciprocity, an exchange for mutual benefit, where the forest and the practitioner find a way to work together to support the wholeness and wellness of each other. If you pause for a minute and reflect, a forest gives you so much. Physically, it produces oxygen for us, it cleans the air we breathe, it purifies our water and stops flooding waters and erosion of mountains and hills, and mentally it gives in abundance as well. It relieves us of our worries and eases and troubled minds so that we're restored and refreshed. We in turn need to do our part to ensure the forests are preserved, protected, and able to thrive as well. It's all about reciprocity for mutual benefit. Forest bathing is, as the Japanese refer to it, a metaphorical bridge. It bridges the gap between us and the natural world. Our rhythms are the rhythms of nature. As we breathe in the forest, we bring our rhythms in step with nature. And our nervous system resets itself. Hey, I just wanted to let you know about a great free resource I have available if you're interested in harnessing your sense of smell to support your well-being. Just go to the link in this episode's show notes to grab this free resource, which will explain how smelling can support you just as much as other things you do to stay well, like exercising and eating healthy meals. I share smelling exercises you can do with essential oils, everyday aromatic items in your home, as well as nature itself to help you identify scents that you respond to most, that can help lift your mood, reduce stress, and begin to shift your body back to center. So after you listen to this episode, grab my free resource and learn to smell to be well. So a fundamental thing about forest bathing is that it's all about paying attention. You're probably thinking, great, that's not so relaxing if I have to constantly pay attention but really it's a particular way of paying attention. There are generally two ways we pay attention. One is the voluntary or direct way. So this kind of paying attention is used for tasks that really demand effort and concentration, and that can cause mental fatigue. That's the one that's tiring. But there's another way, the involuntary or soft fascination way. So this kind of paying attention requires no mental effort and just comes naturally, no pun intended. This is the kind of attention we use when we're in nature. You see, the soothing sights, smells, and sounds of nature actually give our mental resources a break. And when you let your mind wander and reflect, you restore your capacity to think more clearly. That's the magic of forest therapy. Paying attention without feeling like you're paying attention. Of course, forest therapy is also about using your five senses. That's actually a big piece of it. Let's go through what that means exactly. How do we use our five senses and get benefits from them? Let's start with smelling since it's one of the most beneficial aspects of forest therapy. As you're immersed in the forest, you're actually breathing in its healing powers. All you have to do is be there and breathe. Just standing there amongst the trees, breathing in and out. You know what's amazing? coniferous trees were the first aromatic plants on earth they appeared over 300 million years ago so when you walk in a coniferous forest think about it you have the chance to smell what the world smelled like right back at the beginning of time i just think that's so incredible so those trees that you're smelling they have something called phytoncides so phytoncides are the natural oils within a plant that are part of the tree's defense system. They protect the tree from bacteria, from insects and fungi. And they're also part of the way trees talk to each other. What's interesting is that the warmer the temperature, the more phytoncides there are in the air. I think I read that the concentration of phytoncides is at its highest at temperatures around 30 Celsius or 86 Fahrenheit. So the main components of phytoncides are terpenes, And that's what you're smelling. Terpenes include limonene, alpha-pinene, beta-pinene, camphene. Terpenes are, in fact, in many of the essential oils that are available to buy. They're in oils like scots pine, balsam fir, black spruce, cypress, douglas fir. But besides the trees, we also get beneficial smells from the soil. Maybe you've heard of the word geosmine. That's the harmless common bacteria that's the smell of dirt. Geosamine is what gives beetroot and carrots their earthy taste. And it's a substance in the soil that we breathe in when we walk in the forest, and which makes us feel happier. Intuitively, that feels right, doesn't it? Digging in the dirt feels good. It's rewarding. And now studies, at least on mice, show that soil stimulates the immune system, and a boosted immune system makes us feel happier. But there's something else in the air that's said to make us feel better when we're in nature, and it's something we can't actually smell, and that's negative air ions. Ions are charged particles in the air, and they can be positively or negatively charged. Negative ions are the good ions. So they have energizing effects, which increase mental clarity and our overall sense of well-being. Just to give you a comparison, the air near a waterfall Can contain as many as 100,000 negative ions per cubic meter. Air and an office building, on the other hand, might have only a few hundred cubic meters. So 100,000 versus 100, that's a big difference, right? So when you're forest bathing or doing forest therapy, if you can walk near a stream or a river or any body of water, you'll maximize your intake of negative ions and boost your energy levels. How about our other senses? Let's talk about our sense of touch. On a forest therapy excursion, there are lots of possibilities to engage with your sense of touch. By touching, you're physically and literally connecting with nature. For one, you can be in touch with the soil for grounding. You can take your shoes off and feel the ground with your bare feet, just like our ancestors did for so many years. What's great is that the earth, the soil, is inviting us to remember the old ways when we used to be deeply embedded in natural places in close relationship with the Earth. What's happening when your bare feet touch the ground is that you're receiving a dose of Earth's powerful healing electrons. We feel grounded and centered when we're in direct contact with the electrical energy of the Earth. And when we're electrically grounded, we're in harmony with nature. Think about it when you go barefoot outside. Don't you feel that connection Don't you feel more grounded just by having your feet directly connected to the ground? So if you do want to keep your shoes on while forest bathing, then please note that shoes made of leather conduct electrons and can maintain the electrical connections between us and the earth, while rubber-soled shoes do not. When we wear shoes that insulate us from the ground, we're actually blocking the flow of electrons and breaking the connection with the earth that helps our bodies to function properly. So this exercise of touching the earth can be done even outside of forest therapy. You can go barefoot anywhere really, on grass, on sand, it doesn't have to be just soil. All you need are two points of contact to form an electric current. For example, if you lie down on the grass, you can make a circuit with one foot and one elbow. So ideally you wanna stay grounded for 20 minutes every day to see some sort of benefits. So try that, walk around for 20 minutes barefoot. But back in the forest, other ways to touch are to place your hands in the trunk of a tree, gently touch a leaf or the moss on the trees. And if available, you can dip your fingers and toes in a stream. Touching is such a great way to connect with nature Just please make sure you know your native plants so you don't touch something that's poisonous or dangerous in any way. That's really important. Of course, using your sense of sound is also very engaging. The sounds of nature soothe our frazzled minds. If you think about it, they lift us out of our mental fatigue and they give us the silence in which to think. That's what you get in a forest, natural silence. Listen to the sounds that only nature provides. We're actually more relaxed when we listen to nature, when we listen to the birds singing, when we listen to the breeze rustling the leaves of the trees. Listening to nature can be hard for some of us to really listen. We're so used to noise. In fact, even when we're still in quiet, we have the noise of our thoughts inside of our heads. So what can you do if that happens to you while you're in nature? Well, the first thing is to give yourself time and grace to let go of your thoughts and really hear a natural silence. It can take time and practice before all the noise in your head is silenced. To use the sense most effectively, I actually recommend finding a spot and sitting down. Focus in on your breath, so if those unwanted thoughts start creeping in, you just concentrate on your breathing. Try closing your eyes to help you hear more intensely. Maybe you'll start to hear the trees talking to each other in their fight-on-side language. You never know. Then, of course, we have our sense of sight. Here, as you're bathing in the forest, you can look at the different colors of nature. The leaves, the flowers, the moss, the bark. There's so many different beautiful colors. Studies on the effect of color on emotions have shown that we find the blues and the greens of nature the most restful. There are lots of blues and greens in nature. There's plenty of color to provide some rest. Also, take a look at the sunlight filtering through the branches. That's always so beautiful. And of course, look at the fractals in nature. So fractals are the natural patterns that repeat themselves in nature. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. As you walk around, there's so many patterns in nature. And these patterns are scientifically proven to relax us and to help reduce stress up to 60%. As humans, we're fluent in the patterns of the natural world. We enjoy looking at the patterns because we're good at it. It gives us a sense of awe at being in the presence of something bigger than us. So start looking for patterns up close. Look at the veins in a leaf, the petals in a flower. Then zoom out just a little bit and look at the pattern. In a plant's leaves? How do the leaves form themselves just in one plant? And then zoom out a little bit more and look at the branches of the trees. What patterns do you see? If you can't be in a forest, look up at the clouds in the sky. If you're near water, look at the ripples on the surface of the water. You don't have to be in a forest. You can find patterns in nature all around you, you just have to look for them. And last but not least, you can also connect with nature through your sense of taste. You can simply taste the fresh air. And if available, you can taste the fresh water from the stream. You see how all five senses can be such an incredible way to connect with the outside world? Most definitely in a forest, but also in any other place of nature, like a garden or a nature park. There are lots of places to connect with nature and engage in forest therapy. So let's finish off by talking about some of the other key points that are important to consider when doing forest therapy. But before I do that, I want you to know that I've created a bonus episode for you that's a guide to forest therapy. You can play that episode on its own without having to go through this episode. That's when you're actually in the forest and about to start Or maybe you're in another place of nature and you want to start your forest therapy session. You can use that episode as your guide, okay? All right, so let's talk about how long you need to do the forest therapy in order to see some results. Research has shown that the optimal amount of time to bathe in the forest is four hours, ideally walking just three miles. Of course, it's a long time, and most of us don't have four hours to leisurely stroll in the forest. Well, the good news is that research has also shown that even two hours walking a mere one and a half miles can provide positive effects. Even 20 minutes will start to show some effects. The point is to get out there, to immerse yourself in the forest or any other places of nature for as long as you can, and do it often. The more you do it, the more benefits you'll get. And once you've carved out some time, then I just need to make you aware of a few rules that we have to take into consideration. These are things you absolutely must do, okay? The first rule is absolutely no phone or camera. So you might be saying, wait, I need my phone. I take it with me everywhere. I can't be without my phone. Okay, fine, but you need to turn it off or put it in airplane mode and put it in your backpack or somewhere where you're not going to grab it quickly. This is a no electronics exercise. The only thing, and I mean only thing, you're allowed to do is to set an alarm for when you need to stop, for when you need to be finished. Okay, please, please, please don't be tempted to start taking pictures of all the beautiful things in nature. I know I'm always tempted to. I see something and I'm in such awe And that's wonderful. That's the purpose of forest therapy, is to be in awe of nature. But that doesn't mean you need to start taking pictures of it. If you have to capture it on film, please do it separately at another time. When you're forest bathing, you're using your eyes as your camera. Let your brain capture the memories. That's how our ancestors used to do it, right? So no phones. Then the second rule is no brisk walking, no hiking, no running. The goal is to take your time. This isn't a hike. It's a stroll. This exercise is about wandering aimlessly and slowly, letting your body and your senses be your guide. Walking slowly keeps your senses open. This is another one that's so hard for people. We're used to hiking in a forest, going from point A to point B, following this trail and that trail. Nope, not here. Not with forest therapy. You're not doing any of that. You're simply meandering. Sometimes you're even sitting in one spot. You're not in this to get a workout or to go long distances. Remember, you're bathing. You're soaking up your surroundings through your five senses. This is a really hard one for people to get and to carry out properly. So many of us want to walk quickly, straight ahead. Our modern lifestyle has wired in us to move, to be distracted, to want things to be fast-paced. I want you to check yourself. And make sure you're being as still as possible. Again, really hard, but really important. The third rule is no talking. If you're with someone, great. They can do their own forest bathing. This is about you engaging with nature, not with the people you're with. When you're silent, you start to hear nature speak. It's a beautiful thing. The final rule is to leave behind all expectations. Forget about the time. Just come into the present moment. Be there in that place of nature fully. Forget about what happened to you right before you got there and forget about what might happen when you leave. Just the here and now. I want you to please remember that forest therapy is about being here, not getting there. Your primary goal is not to get a workout. In fact, it's more like playing, but with a meditative feel. If you start feeling rushed or distracted, because you will, especially at the beginning, as you're getting a hang of it. If you start feeling rushed or distracted, because you will, especially at the beginning, as you're getting a hang of it, then try to come to a complete halt and immediately focus your attention on something nearby, noticing how it's moving. I hope you'll try forest therapy if you haven't already. It's been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. I feel how it's helped me and how it's helped others. I hope it can help you too. I want to leave you with one final thought, and that's the importance of doing this with children. Maybe you have children of your own, or you know some children. Well, consider taking them along and teaching them to forest bathe. Here's why. Taking children along to bathe in nature, it gives them another wellness tool to harness for when they have stresses and struggles in their life. It's a gift to give them, especially now that we have scientific evidence to support all of the things our ancestors and frankly and the indigenous people have known for a long time. Something that we've forgotten in our frantic modern lives. But even more important is that it helps connect the children with nature. Research shows that we look after what we love. If we give our children these experiences, they'll love nature. They'll remember where they've played and where they've learned to rest and recharge. And even better, they'll learn to love and understand nature's spirit. In the end, it's our children's relationship with the natural world that determines its future. If we let our children go into the forest, they'll become adults who'll protect it. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, falkaromatherapy.com, where you'll find information about workshops, courses, and other programs I offer. And make sure you grab my free audio training, How to Smell to Be Well, which you can download from my website. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.